Welcome to the Revitalize Podcast, a podcast where we have conversations to help you experience emotional, spiritual, and physical wellness as you lead at your church, your business, or in your life. Here are your hosts, Danielle and Kevin. So welcome everybody to the very first episode of the Revitalize podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin, and I'm here also with my wife, Danielle. Hi, good to be here. Yeah, so I don't know about you, Danielle, but I am pretty excited to get this podcast going. Are you excited? I am. I think it's great. I think it's always good to have an opportunity to talk about some of the things that God's been doing in our lives Mm -hmm. and just to have those testimonies out there. Absolutely. Yeah, so the heart behind this Revitalized podcast is really to help break down some of those Christian stigmas and taboos when it comes to emotional, spiritual, and physical wellness. Our hope and our desire is that we'll be able to have lots of laughs together, you know, as your host and as you as the audience joining in. And you know, maybe occasionally shedding a tear or two because some of this stuff we hope is actually hitting your heart, not just your mind, and actually bringing some transformation. And really our desire is to be real in order to see real transformation in the lives of our listeners. So that's the desire that we have with this Revive Life podcast. So maybe, Danielle, just kind of why don't you just share a little bit quickly where the name Revitalize came from. Well, as I was looking at what we could call our our coaching ministry or coaching business, um, I was really looking for something that is kind of a bringing us back to our first love. Hmm. And so, of course, um, Jesus being our first love, it's not a matter of anybody really that that is a Christian, born again, saved. It's not a matter of they need to be saved again. <laughs> right. No, absolutely not. We don't believe in that. Yeah. But it is a matter of we all need to be coming back to our first love. So that mm-hmm. revitalized. We're not about getting vitalized. We're all, we've already been vitalized. But now it's a matter of getting revitalized, coming back to our first love in a number of different ways when it comes to our emotional, spiritual, and even physical well-being. Yeah. No, I love that. And I, I really that really resonated with me as well when you kind of came up with this idea for uh, our coaching ministry because uh, both Danielle and I, we, we have a big heart, um, not just for our church. I mean, we love our church and we are so blessed to be able to serve in our church and we want to see all of our, our leaders and everyone who calls our church home to really be revitalized in their faith. But we also have a real heart for um, the Big C Church. We have a heart to see the church collectively, not just our church, but the church, do well. And I think sadly, in our experience, especially over the last couple of years with the pandemic, uh, sadly we have a number of people that we know personally, people that we've heard of, people that we see and learn about, that not everyone's been doing very well. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I mean, the truth is, we can recognize it because we've been there. Absolutely. And so it's not a, oh, look at all those people out there that aren't doing well in these areas. We easily can see it because of our own experience with um, really wanting to see our lives far more victorious than Mm -hmm. than they have been. Right. Um, And 
really hanging on to God mm-hmm. <laughs> to help propel us forward and transform our lives from, you know, uh, the much bigger mess that they were to a more manageable mess that they are now. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and that journey that you and I have been on, on you know, we call it kind of the journey of wellness because there's a, an emotional, mental component to it. There's been a spiritual component to it. And there's been a physical health component to that as well. We've been on that for quite a while. Like, when would you say that journey actually started for us? I think it officially started when we went to the uh, fellowship conference in Niagara right. all those years ago and yeah. listened to Peter and Jerry Scazzaro talking about wellness in their church, in their family, in right. their midst, and mm-hmm. how they have you know, made a huge difference in the lives of a lot of Christians, ourselves right. included. I think that was officially mm-hmm. the beginning of our journey. I think that was before we even went to LL, wouldn't it be? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, going back about eight, nine years. Yeah, definitely. We at least kind of exposed to this language of, you know, emotional wellness. I might even <laughs> say closer to 10, because yeah. it was not long after we, we were, had started we were fairly at new. Yeah, we were fairly new at Greenbelt Church mm-hmm. when that happened. And I remember they because it was really geared, uh, the conference was geared to help pastoral couples get that emotional wellness. They actually offered free counseling during that. And so we went, and because I'm a big believer in counseling, I think counseling is a very important thing for anyone to do, even though, if I'm honest... Uh, I don't always like to do it. Who does? <laughs> because who does, right? Because it can be hard, right? Kind of peeling the onion back and kind of digging deep into those hurts and those pains can be painful, right? Bringing that stuff back up. And so we had gone. I remember we went to go talk to that counselor and his wife. And like in just like an hour and 15 minutes, it was incredible. Well, you were cured. I was, oh, I was totally <laughs> cured. All my problems and everything was totally cured at that moment. No, but it, like, it just just opened up. I think my heart specifically, but I think both of our hearts to take our wellness a lot more seriously so that we could see our church thrive and so that we could see our ministry thrive. Yeah, right? and, and because one of the big things that Peter and Jerry Scazzaro had to say that hit home, I think, for both of us, and then from that place, God gave me a vision and so it became a marker time hmm. um, for our journey of wellness and so right one of the things that was said at that conference was pastors pastors wives if you want to see any kind of lasting um, impactful meaningful transformation in your church congregation it had better start with you right yeah that was crazy Ah, that statement hit. Well, it did right? because we were frustrated perhaps with, you know, how come we can't help these people or how come this is not going perfectly or the way we would like to see it. And right. and that statement mm-hmm. hit home to say, what are you doing in your own life? Right. And how are you allowing me, not Peter and Jerry, but right. God, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to transform us and heal our mess right that we didn't even really particularly know was there or have a clear Mm -hmm. vision of what was even messy in our own lives right because you get so used to kind of the typical christian way of living right say hey you go to church you know you volunteer you donate some money you know you go to worship services you go to small groups and if you're not careful 
it can very easily become very performance based. Mm. Like if you're just hitting the right check boxes, I go to Sunday, you know, worship. I go to my life group. I volunteer in a ministry. I tithe. I give offerings. I put money in the basket when it's passed around. And it just our faith can easily become these check boxes, and we're growing in our knowledge of God. But we're not actually letting God step into a number of areas of our lives. And I think that's what was really eye-opening for me right at that first conference. Even as a pastor, there's a lot of check boxes for those of us who are in ministry, whether it's paid pastoral ministry or whether it's just volunteer you know, ministry, or even in your business or even in your education, wherever you're called to be a leader. It's easy to evaluate yourself based on how well you're doing with the check boxes. And, you know, that term checkbox, I think it just kind of turned my stomach a little bit. Oh, because it's a horrible <laughs> way to lead. It's a disgusting, horrible way to lead. But how many of us have been there, right, as Absolutely. Christian leaders, where it feels like, oh, right, I'm doing well. I'm doing well if those checkboxes, you know, I, I can even see the green. Like, yay, green and check, I'm doing well. Things are going the way they need to. Right. But the whole idea of the checkbox is... Performance-based, like you said. Even that word, oh, we're performing. Right. None of us want to perform for God. No. And perform for the people that we're serving. Right. And so, yeah, we really want transformation for those that we're serving. But guess what? (laughs) It's got to start with us. Exactly. And so that was the picture that God had given me was this idea of a stone being thrown into... um, like the river or whatever, the lake, or a pond, whatever it is. still water. And seeing the ripple effect. Right. Those concentric circles, one after the other after the other. Mm -hmm. And what I felt God was saying to me in and through that was, and I shared it with you, and I think it really impacted you as well. Right. um, What God was showing me was the ripple effect, if we, you and I, Mm -hmm. really focus in and decide that, our spiritual, emotional, but I think that's kind of as far as I got at that point, but maybe physical too. I definitely got mm-hmm. there at some point. Right. But that as we seek out and and walk in um, getting healing and working through our stuff, right. uh, that we would see an impact. And that the impact would be far-reaching. It would mm-hmm. be for our kids it would be for our church. It would be for our extended family. Our family, our neighbors. And then even to the point where we actually felt God was saying, you know, if you seek me and you follow me with this, that you'll be a blessing uh, to many. Like you'll be a blessing to your city. That you'll be a blessing to your nation. Now, now, I know that sounds so arrogant. And that was way further, that. way way later on. That came later on. It did. Yeah. But it's a part of it, right? Absolutely. It did come later that we had that sense from the Lord. Yeah. Because guess what? If we have, you know, if we come from this place of healing mm-hmm. and overflowing the the love that we're filled with by God, and we actually know how to receive because right. our woundedness is being looked after, and right. we can actually receive God's love, mm-hmm. we have it to overflow, for real. Not just our own love, which is, right. okay, yep. I love pretty good. Yep. <laughs> I, like, I, I think you love great, but that's just me. I you know, might be biased. God's but, yeah. love... His pure love is so much greater than my own love that I can muster up. Absolutely. So if I'm overflowing that love to my neighbor, to my friends, to my church, to my family, what difference does that make in a long perspective of how um, 
Mm-hmm. Transformation happens not only in our very small bubble, but that goes out. Like right, those that ripple effect. Circles. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's been kind of what's been pretty amazing about this journey. Again, so for us, started about eight nine years ago, you know, with this conference in Niagara Falls, and and then it continued. I, I think the next step. Um, in that was when you went off to California. Oh, yeah. And so Danielle went out to a Saddleback Church in California because they were putting on their very first conference on the church and mental health. Now, if you're not familiar with the story, Rick and Kay Warren had a son who has struggled with mental health you know, struggles his entire life and sadly, in a moment of weakness, uh, took his own life. And and in, you know, and obviously in the time of mourning, the time of pain, God met them in that. Which again, I always find such amazing comfort when God shows up in our mourning, because Jesus flat out said, "Blessed are those who mourn, for you will be comforted." So even in that pain, God gave them a vision that this pain will not be wasted, because sadly, when it comes to emotional health, we as church leaders have not been very good with that. Subject. Mm-hmm. Would you agree, Danielle? I would totally agree. And so it's interesting when you talk about back then when um, I had gone down to Saddleback to learn about mental health and how we deal with mental health within the church. So emotional health, mental health, whatever it is that you're wanting to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually at that time had been discovering that we ourselves we're suffering and and dealing with our own mental health struggles, which probably, I'll speak for myself, you speak for yourself, but I know for myself, probably was in effect for most of my life. Right. But I had not looked it square in the face at all. Absolutely. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I looked it, you know, opposite. (laughs) I went anywhere else to look because it wasn't that I had mental health struggles. Yeah. Well, and again, and, and, you get into the that pattern. You get into that checkbox, right? We'll just read your Bible more. We'll just pray more. Well, if you only had more faith, you must have some kind of sin in your life. That's why you're like this, right? And when you think that's the problem, you never actually address the problem. Mm. And you start just performing more. You go, well, I better read my Bible more. I better get the version Bible app and make sure I put those green checkboxes check every day. <laughs> I better make sure that I tithe a little bit more. I better make sure I, you know... You know, you know, I always love that. You just need more faith. How do you grow more faith? <laughs> you know, when you're hurting and when you're struggling, right? Mm. Like I remember while you were at the conference, so you're in sunny California, and I'm in freezing cold Ottawa, sitting at my desk, and I'm live streaming the conference, and they were showing this checklist of leaders who are probably struggling with depression. And they went through this checklist, and I'm like, I have nine out of ten of those. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> was that like right at the time when you were realizing that you, I knew it was about the same time, but exactly. was that it when was, you made was, that identification? That was incredibly eye-opening wow. for me. It's like, you know, like the, the, the tension that I would feel going into the work on Monday morning, that the tension I would feel like opening email or, or seeing that my phone was blinking when I'd show up to the church on Monday, uh, all of this stuff. And, and our church was good. Like our church was fine, you know, and healthy and there weren't any divisions or tensions at that time. And the, why is this stuff impacting me that way? Like, I remember even one Monday morning, I was driving to the church and just crying. Mm-hmm. Driving on the on my way to work. It's like, what is going on? This makes no sense whatsoever. Because our ministry was doing fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was doing fine, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, so God took it. So it started out in that first conference. It brought us into that um, Saddleback conference. And then 
I think it really, really hit, you know, probably about five years ago mm-hmm. when you started waking up kind of in the middle of the night and, uh, and, and, and praying. And it really turned into kind of a spiritual the battle happening yeah. then. So I think, um, I don't remember exactly the timeline, but I know that I did seek uh, both counseling mm-hmm. from a professional Christian therapist, psychotherapist, yeah. and finally got a doctor that I was really, really comfortable oh, with. Our doctor's so amazing. Love her. <laughs> <laughs> and through that, um, started on some antidepressant medication, because for me, I dealt with uh, depression, and well, denied depression for most of my life, but finally right. realized that, and it looked me in the eye, and I looked it in the eye, and I went, oh my gosh, this is this is a real thing, and sought treatment. That was really, really hard for me, though. So around that time, you're talking mm-hmm. about when I started to wake up in the, in the night. Yeah. So yeah, where this battle um, kind of shifted or overlapped, not only as um, an emotional or mental health battle, but into a spiritual battle. And, yeah, um, I was, I guess, during that time, being invaded in the night. <laughs> That's a good way to call it. Yeah, yeah. with um, what I've come to realize, it was obviously the work of the enemy, but being invaded with my worst <laughs> nightmares, if you can kind of right. put it that way. So whatever it is for you, put that in mind, flying heights, <laughs> whatever. For me, it was snakes. Right. Oh, yeah, snakes. <laughs> So Why has there got to be snakes? <laughs> Is that Indiana Jones? That's Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, I'm very I, proud of you for knowing that thanks, quote. Thanks, hon. Yeah. <laughs> so for me too, me and Indy, yeah, yeah, we both had major phobia of snakes. And so, yeah, that is what the enemy chose to use to terrify me at night. Mm-hmm. And um, thankfully, during that time, um, God had given me a really great... Um, uh, companion for one, my husband, who right. uh, I woke you up a lot. You woke me up a lot, a lot of yeah, <laughs> two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Get up, we need to pray. And it's like okay, and so yeah, yeah and I'm not a wake wake me up in the middle of the night kind of guy. Right. So <laughs> thankfully, at least for a while, while he was willing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. God gave me a companion that I could kind of you know rely on. But mostly God gave me himself. And um, I really appreciated that time because God taught me how to battle. Mm -hmm. How to, in this now spiritual battle, how to battle against the fears that that the enemy was, you know, bringing into my life. And for me, it represented kind of everything. When you can get past with the Lord the worst of your phobias and and terrors, and the enemy was using it with uh, absolute strategy to take me out, to take me down, um, in the most bizarre of ways. Um, So when the enemy is, is really trying his darndest to take me out, and instead God makes a... Soldier, yeah, he's taking an opportunity to strengthen you and to build and you exactly. up, right? Like, yeah. like now I can look back on that experience and go, "Wow, that was God raising me up as a warrior, Absolutely. learning how to battle spiritually right. in the spirit." And um, 
yeah, work through so many things that were not only emotional problems, right. but that were spiritual issues that needed dealing with in my life. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and again, it just kind of hit in that time where, again, where this this tension of, again, some of these Christian taboos that we have in these Christian mm. traditions where it's like, well... You know, you're overreacting, you're imagining things, you're giving the, the enemy too much credit, all this kind of stuff. Just, you know, again, just have more faith, read your Bible more, you know, things like that. It's almost dismissed, right? But yet, Scripture talks about these, these principalities, these, these spiritual forces that we are at war against. It talks about putting on the full armor of God so that you can stand up against the fiery arrows of our enemy, right? And it talks about all these spiritual disciplines that, again, if they're just checklist items for us. There's no power in a checklist. Mm -hmm. right? And so God had to show us through a difficult experience the difference of that type of spiritual prayer life. The yeah. difference between really getting into the Bible to seek God instead of just prepping a Bible study or a sermon. Right. You know? And one of the things I can say is um, during that time mm -hmm. um uh, sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. That's okay. <laughs> it's off the cuff. It's raw and yeah. real today. So, yeah. <laughs> But uh, let's see if I can... Re you keep talking and I'll, okay. let's see if I can remember it. Yeah. And so, again, this whole... Oh, I know. There's your she's back. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things... You just mentioned about those kind of Christian taboos. Right. Um, that being in effect and not knowing really who you can talk to and right. who's, who's kind of in this camp, Christian, this side of the Christian camp and that side of the Christian camp. Right. I didn't feel like I had a lot of support. Mm -hmm. And even in talking with you, I right. was like, is this stuff that's going on in the middle of the night that the enemy is attacking in very real and very terrifying ways and the Lord is showing up in very real and amazing ways? Mm -hmm. Is all of this theologically sound? And so yeah. I, I knew I could turn to you. Right. But I didn't know much who else. I had maybe a couple of people, thank God, yeah. that I knew where they stood on, you know, these kinds of spiritual realities yeah. and who I could talk to. And I also knew, you know, you share a little bit and you see the eyes kind of like, huh? And the, the eyebrows go up and the eyes glazing over. Yeah. You know, okay, I, 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 I can't I really talk here. to yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes we surround ourselves with so many, you know, again, people who are exactly like us. They exactly like us in our Christian experience, exactly like us in our theology, ex exactly like us in our practice of the Christian faith. And so you find yourself surrounded with people who have a very, very high regard for the Bible, very, very high regard for, for, for sound doctrine and systematic theology and good exegesis. And those are all, all great, awesome, awesome things. <laughs> But then you go, when you kind of get under the hood, it's like spiritual warfare, spiritual attack. In the, the, experience. In experience. The demonic. Speaking. Right? Mm -hmm. Suddenly you kind of, people kind of go, not my wheelhouse. And then you kind of find yourself going, well, whose wheelhouse is this? <laughs> Shouldn't this right. be every Christian's wheelhouse if it's in the Bible? Mm -hmm. Right? And so that's one of the big challenges, I think, as leaders, is you don't know where to go to. And so what was the help. struggle for you during that time, theologically, as I'm coming to you practically with real right. demonic attacks? 
Yeah, so so two main things happened, and one of them I share a lot, and the other one I I, I only share kind of more in intimate relationships, but I'll share so it. This so this here? is intimate. So this is intimate. The whole point of this podcast is to be real yeah. with you in order to see real transformation in your life. We prayed that, didn't we, just before getting on here? Exactly. That we would be honest and real. And real. Yeah. yeah. So the first thing that that God really revealed to me was as you were asking me to seek God in the Word of God. To make sure that this was, you weren't going down some path that was not biblical, mm-hmm. right? Then there's a difference between where scripture's not clear and this isn't in here at all, or this is against what the Bible was teaching. Mm-hmm. And so we were, I was looking at it from that approach. Not what's not in here and what might be in here, but what is clearly stated in here. So God really was taking me on that journey. And, the, and kind of my big idea was I trust the Lord and I trust my wife. I trust the Lord and I trust my wife. And so we're going to keep going down this path, right? We're going to trust the Lord and trust and trust my wife. Um, so that was the first part. And God really met me in that. Sec- and you kept saying that. It was almost like I need to remind oh myself. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> At 2 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. And I trust my wife. Yeah, 2 o'clock in the morning when you were waking me up saying we have to pray because I'm having dreams of snakes again. I was like, okay, I trust the Lord and I trust my wife. <laughs> so it was, again, I don't like being waking up in the middle of the night. Because <laughs> I don't sleep well. Or I didn't sleep well for years. And that's another part of this journey that we'll talk about in a few minutes. There you go. But uh, the second part where I... I think this became radically um, real. And I don't even know how much of this you remember because we don't talk about this one a lot. But it was like one of those nights in the middle of the night where I literally felt something grab me by the shirt and push me against the headboard. Makes me feel so much better that this weird stuff was not just me and it was you too. So thanks for for bringing that up. Thank you for it. And it was, I had no category for that <laughs> like I went to kind of a Baptist theolo- uh, theological school and love my school love the teaching there and I remember I had one professor uh, older gentleman probably in his mid-70s he was teaching on spiritual disciplines and it was one of the most painfully boring courses I had ever taken no it wasn't on spiritual disciplines it was on like the writings of John or something like this and he was kind of this verse by verse line by line and he kind of spoke really monotone in this low voice and it was a five day intensive course seminary master's degree level course and by day four, it was just like my brain was on fire, and I couldn't think anymore, and I was exhausted, and I was staying in a hotel, not sleeping. And then on day four, he just kind of goes, he's just going in his monotone voice, verse by verse. And then he just went, this reminds me of the time when a lady from our church called us, and we went to her room, her apartment, and their teenage daughter was hanging by the ceiling and was and was spitting out blood at her parents. What? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like I'm suddenly, like, suddenly I'm awake now, you know. And and how they had to kind of just get onto their knees and pray for hours for this girl to be delivered. Yeah. And I'm like in my Baptist seminary, right? And I'm like, I have no category for this up to that point <laughs> because we believe in this stuff. We believe in the spiritual realm and all of this, and, and the battle and all this stuff that the Bible teaches about. But our experience in that here as Westerners mm. leaders is kind, of, and we look at each other when people say, "Oh, I cast out demons and I do this." On oh, come on, I look at people like that going, "Yeah, I did that job." And no, like, <laughs> come on, it's what we've done for decades, right? So what, what have we done? Made fun of that? Yeah. Okay. Like as a Western church again. Yeah. Or we've made fun of the denominations that lean very heavily into that mm-hmm. stuff, right? So it's been trying to figure out that balance. 
I think was a big part. So that was what was really opening mm. up for me from that spiritual thing. And so, so what God showed. So what did that, you make of that incident when you were like slammed up against your so, headboard? So I shared that with a couple of pastor friends of mine, a couple of older pastors here in our city who I, I used to meet with regularly for breakfast. And I shared it with one of them. And he said, um, God is preparing you for... What was the term you used? God was preparing you for... Um, it's a big cliffhanger. It was That's a big exciting. cliffhanger. I know. I can't remember <laughs> the exact words, but it was basically, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, God is preparing you for more of him. What does that mean? And and uh, and, and a larger influence. Hmm. All right. And, and then this came out of, and then fast forward now a few years when I went away for some leadership development during my sabbatical time from the church... Uh, one of the things, the vision that God gave me was the call to be a spiritual father to many, having a gospel impact in this generation for generations to come, mm-hmm. right? And that spiritual growth, that 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 need for a more intimate walk with God, can never be realized. Or sorry, this vision that I have for being the spiritual father can never be realized with a spirituality that's fine, mm. with a spirituality that is just check boxes, right? So you say the word fine. We had a period where that word yeah. became the four-letter F word in yeah, our house. Exactly, yeah. Fine <laughs> is the F word in our home. Like when the kids go, well, how was your day? Fine. Oh, that meant your day sucked. Like it meant not a good thing. Fine's not a good thing. Right. And so, yeah. So when you say when you, with your spiritual health or your spiritual experience being fine, right? God was never going to bring you to that next level of depth with Him. Of course not. Um, so fine is not really fine. It's not really good enough, is it? No, not mm-hmm. even. Cl- it's not even close to being good enough, <laughs> right? Again, and we can so settle as followers of Jesus for a walk with God. That's fine. It, it's very easy to. Do you do. think most of us do? As Christians? I think sadly, yes. Mm-hmm. I think sadly, yes. I think we've made the good news of Jesus to be more about our comfort than his mission. Hmm. We've made the mission of Jesus more about our blessing than uh, picking up our cross daily and following him. And ourselves included. And We're ourselves not included. Oh, I've been guilty of this as well. And then even from a leadership perspective, and this is why we have such a heart to be real with leaders and to come alongside you as a leader is because we believe that God wants to do what the Bible says, immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine through his power at work in your church. Mm-hmm. We believe that verse in Ephesians. like, And we, I pray it daily. And the fact that I pray it daily was actually living it out daily. Am I actually trusting the power of the Spirit of God, trusting the power of the Holy Spirit, sent to indwell us as the church, us as leaders, to actually accomplish more than I can ask or imagine. Because I can imagine quite a lot. <laughs> and I know you too. You're a visionary type of leader as well, Danielle. And I know you can imagine quite a lot. Yeah, I can right? imagine to the size of things that scares people. Yeah. And I've learned that uh, God can give vision that's pretty 
uh, major. Yeah. Um, and then it's a matter of watching. Like there's there's in the spirit, and then there's in the in the here and now, right? And watching for just those right times to move that vision forward, rather mm-hmm. than you know coming full throttle with guess what God showed me? Because oh my goodness! <laughs> you freak everybody out. Freak right? everybody you, out. You make everyone. You scare everyone off, and yeah, and then because. They've been stuck and settled for a faith that's fine, right? And I think, again, this has been our heart with starting the revitalized coaching to, in order to be a blessing to many leaders, not just the leaders in our church, but in, in the, in, um, to bless other leaders in other churches is because I think we see the huge necessity of kind of vibrant, spirit-filled, followers of Jesus serving as leaders in the church. Yeah, and right. and also that um, some of the things, the words that God has put on my heart over the last few years is, mm-hmm. you know, that we should be victorious. There should be victory in our lives. Right. Not in every area. That's going to take our whole lifetime. But there should we should be seeing victory yeah. in our lives. The the areas that we're feeling stuck in. Mm-hmm. I believe that God. You know, he, he. So many of us get to a point where it's like I'm stuck. I'm always going to be stuck. I'm always going to be here. Right. That's nonsense because that's not of God. There should be victory in certain areas of our lives, mm-hmm. and we should continue to know that there's more victory to come. Right. There should be freedom. In yeah. areas of our lives. I don't mean every area, yeah. but there should be freedom. We should be seeing it more and more and more. More and more. Different areas of our lives that were um, where we were in bondage, where right. we were, you know, held captive in one way or another. Think mm-hmm. spiritually. I don't mean you're in jail. I mean, you know, something where you're stuck and you just can't get free of it. And I go, it's like Paul writes, you know, I want to do this, but I do this. And I don't want to do this, but yet I do that. Right. And so, you know, we should be free from some of those things where we don't have to be still stuck to that sin or to that unforgiveness or Mm -hmm. to whatever it might be. And uh, the third word that God's given me is flourish as Christian leaders. Right. Wow. Um, We should be flourishing in our ministry, in our lives, Mm -hmm. not in every area. Of course not. We're not, we're not perfect, but more and more as we are being transformed by the renewing of our minds, more and more as Christ is making a difference, taking up more and more um, space in our lives Mm -hmm. and taking up more and more ownership of really who we are and we're surrendering that over to him. We should see ourselves in different areas of our lives where we're flourishing. And I can say honestly, there are areas that ain't flourishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But there are others that there's a, I've seen victory, I've seen freedom in in different areas, and I'm starting to see Hmm. that God is bringing certain areas of my life to a place of, okay, it's going to flourish. And I'm believing in that rather than believing in, you know, the things the enemy would want to say that, oh, I'm never gonna, I'm never this, I'm never that. Absolutely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So yeah, and and again, that's the heart behind seeing more and more leaders experience that, because we believe it's it's so needed in the church today. And possible. And possible, exactly. It's possible and, and needed as we look at the world that we live in and just, you know, with the pandemic and everything that's come down with that. We live in the city of Ottawa, and this is a season right now where the city of Ottawa, it's crazy. Like, literally today, the, the day that we're recording this is the day with the, the trucker convoy and the police are, are kind of storming in there right now, like literally as we record I don't know if this. I say storming in, because no, what we're seeing right. is peaceful, and, peaceful and organized. 
focused and strategic and, yeah. and all of that. So right. storming in, I mean, Sorry. maybe after this point we might see some storming, but I don't think we have No, so you're far. right, you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I can watch the words there. But mm-hmm. it, it just it's just this reminder that, that the power of the gospel and the necessity for the church to be part of the healing of the nations, mm-hmm. right? And it starts with you as a leader. It yeah. starts with us as a leader, right? So how are you doing emotionally, mentally? How are you doing spiritually? And then kind of the final component of this that, that we'll be talking about here on this podcast is, again, this physical wellness. Because, again, that has been a pretty interesting journey as well, which actually even started with you, yeah. Danielle, during that spiritual time where you were dealing with a number of health issues mm-hmm. and we were starting to wonder, is this now the new normal right. of Danielle being quite sick mm-hmm. and quite ill? You yeah. want to share that a little bit? Sure, yeah. I mean, what I've come to realize now is that I had a number of food intolerances that were affecting me in a in a pretty big way. And I'm not celiac. I'm not, you know, all of these things that you can ease, not easily, but they can be diagnosed and you can treat and go, okay, everything's fine. Right. So go to the doctors, go to, you know, this one or that one. And it's, no, everything checks out. You're good. You're fine. You know, take Tylenol. It's basically, yeah. you know. So the, the default answer the, for every problem exactly. was take more Tylenol. Well, yeah. what ended up happening was um, I came to a place where um, I was hardly able to do much of anything and and it was really hard on me as a mom of you know growing kids they were probably 10 12 in there yeah and you know I I could barely vacuum I couldn't bring the the laundry basket up you know like I just had you couldn't you couldn't bend to get something out of the dishwasher I could barely bend at times I was just my strength was gone my joints were like (laughs) not falling apart but just like not doing what I needed them to do I had brain fog so Mm -hmm. I had confusion I had all kinds of um, like muscle pain like you name it uh, it was going on I had stomach issues I had skin issues like I mean all sorts of things yeah and um, it was it was yeah. Really disheartening. Yeah, and suddenly it was, is this our life now? Like, is this what ministry is going to be like of trying to pastor in a church, trying to be leaders, trying to care for people while dealing with that level of physical mm-hmm. you know, issues and physical um, uh, bad health, poor health, mm-hmm. right? And then kind of the same thing then started happening. You know, well, not started happening, but you know, my own personal deal, dealing with physical well-being. So I have struggled with back pain for pretty much my entire adult life. Now, when I was a younger man, it didn't seem to impact me as much, but as you get a little bit older, and several years ago, we because it had gotten so bad that I started to see this Christian chiropractor because I wasn't sleeping at night, I was in chronic pain all the time, and not pain enough that it was debilitating. It was just enough, again, so that you settle for a life that's fine, you settle for the fact that you're not sleeping well, but you can still function. You know, so it's just at that level where it's tolerable, you can still function, and you can still hide it from everybody else. <laughs> no one else knew I had this. And when I, when and I, that's the Christian goal. And Keep that, your stuff hidden. Well, this is kind of sadly <laughs> part of it, too, right? We don't talk about I these know. things. We don't talk about our struggles and our pains. That's How are you doing? Fine. Fine, exactly. <laughs> and I remember when I got my x-rays from the chiropractor, and there were two vertebrae that, are kind of, that should be like this. They should be nice and joined together like that. But they you can't, can't see it because this is audio, right? So it should be nice and aligned. Well, it was literally twisted, and there was, it was almost shaped like an S. 
So I'm a big Superman fan, but I don't want my spine to be shaped like an S in kind of the, the wrong way. <laughs> and so, and right in that spot, there was all this scar tissue, there was all this inflammation, and the guy worked on it for years trying to get that down. And it was just, you know, my sleep was getting worse and worse and worse, waking up every morning tired, waking up every morning exhausted, wake, you know, and, and not being able to go to the gym because it would hurt too much, not being able to go for, we'd go for a walk in the woods, and my back would be in excruciating pain by the time we were done. And it's like, is this going to be our normal now? Right. And we were still young. We were in our mid-40s, early 40s. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and one of the things you mentioned when you mentioned about your back and, and chiropractic, it reminds me of one of my major ailments at the time, too, which was my neck. Right. And, yeah, and the hunch that you had in your back. I right? had a like huge hunchback. neck was all forward like this. Well, you like know? this, like, they can't see I know, but again, picture the, the neck protruding. <laughs> forward. <laughs> yeah, you ever see the hunchback of Notre Dame? Not that bad. No. But that was the potential future mm-hmm. that we were looking at, right? And, and I mean, regularly trying to get that back in place. And actually, one of the things that was very interesting was, and, and what we've come to realize is that these three things, we don't know how to unravel them. Emotional, physical, and spiritual. Right. Because they they just seem, in our experience, to and and it makes sense, right? We're a whole person. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they just seem to overlap They're in so, so many ways. So intertwined. Right. So intertwined. And so one of the things the chiropractor said to me, which of course initially I was super offended by, but over time <laughs> yeah, I was I very that. grateful for. Yeah. Was um, I said to him because he he started I asked him to start praying for me as he was doing the adjustments because things were not getting better it wasn't getting better it wasn't getting better and then finally I said to him like what else can we do what's going on here and he could see the anguish in my eyes the desperation exactly and he said to me you know sometimes these things can be spiritual yeah and I yeah. was like. Uh, Again, what's the category <laughs> for that? Like, no, like I've got a hunch in my back. How is this spiritual? How uh-huh. is this, you know? Yeah. And, and I think in a future episode, we'll yeah. probably talk about how my healing came in a spiritual way. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But it's all intertwined, isn't it? it? It really is. And kind of the physical aspect, again, it's one of those things that we don't tend to talk a lot about as Christian leaders, you know, in, here in the West. Uh, I remember years ago, again, at, at my seminary, and uh, one of the professors, was, it was in one of our pastoral leadership classes, and the, the, the prof, the professor there, um, kind of went on a little bit on a rant. And it must have been around the time around our national convention. And he just went on this rant. He goes, and he just flat out said it. And he said, if you ever quote me on this, I'm going to deny it. So don't. So I'm not naming him. Okay. So I'm not going <laughs> to quote him. So, but he said he's going to deny it. And he goes, and he flat out said, he goes, I am so sick and tired of seeing these overweight pastors running to the all-you-can-eat buffet and taking their dessert first to ensure they get a plate full of dessert. And I was in a room, (laughs) and most of us were adult learners kind of in that class, and most of us, myself included, were significantly overweight. Mm-hmm. And this guy was in his mid to mid sixties and running triathlons. Careful, you're getting more and more specific as to you who you're talking about. He's going to deny it anyway, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. But that spoke to me. It spoke to me again because we're called 
to, to, to be examples as leaders. We're called to be, put our lives on display. Like that, that's what the Apostle Paul calls it. You know, that we're on procession. You know, and, and we're, when we're, and our lives are on display and we need to be men and women, Christian leaders who can say, follow my example as I'm following Christ. We right? have a, I think, Definitely in the Western Church, uh-huh. I think we have a really, really, really hard time with that. Wrestling yeah. with the fact that we are to be on display yeah. for those that are following us. Yeah. Follow me as I follow Christ. I think that every right. single leader, and I think we should wrestle with it. I don't think it should be easy to say. Right. But I think that it's a huge wrestle for us. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so the journey, again, personally for me on physical wellness has been a discipline issue. And it's been about, again, and again, how all these things are so interrelated and connected. Like suddenly you become more disciplined in your eating and your regular exercise, and you're getting a good night's sleep, well, then suddenly that starts impacting your spiritual time with God. You're not tired in the morning when you're reading scripture or praying. You can have a late night meeting with your board because you feel energized and not drained. Like, all of this stuff so intertwines. Or, as you start with the disciplines with the Lord. (laughs) And that spills over that way. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. What is it? It's a chicken and egg thing, right? Which one comes first? Well, depends on who you are, you know, and, and how it works. And so, so really that's kind of a big, long introduction today to the heart behind the Revitalize podcast. It's, again, to, be, to have a weekly conversation. And for the first few weeks, it's going to be uh, just Danielle and I digging deeper into these three areas and how God has played out. Uh, played those out in our lives, and we hope to give some practical um, tips, suggestions, guidelines for you to consider for your life as well in these areas. But it's again, it's to let's try to have a conversation together to break down those Christian stigmas and taboos when it comes to emotional, spiritual, and physical wellness. Because again, we believe if, if you really let God. Uh, minister to you in those three areas um, that you will see God move in ways that you can never ask or imagine. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. And that's our hope. Um, as we've talked about, we are so far from the finish line. Oh my goodness. It's, yeah. But as we're on this journey yeah. and seeing more and more victory and more and more freedom and beginning to see some some flourishing happening in, in our lives as as children of God, as mm-hmm. as Christian leaders, we hope and desire that uh, some of these topics will bring about, um, well, discussion for one, putting, you know, taking out uh, some of that place of, you know, darkness where it's like, oh, we can't talk about these things. Yeah, we can. We can talk about it. We might have some differences of opinion, and that's okay too, but we can certainly um, have these discussions. And nobody has to feel like they're hiding in a place of darkness and that they have nobody to talk to because mm-hmm. we want to um, Absolutely. put a close to that. Absolutely. Yeah. So if and if, so we're really excited to have you on this journey with us here on the podcast. But if you would like to get more involved with us and see how maybe we can come alongside you, we would encourage you to check out our websites. Uh, they're going to be in the description here in the podcast. You can check out Danielle's website at daniellepresso.com. Or you can find me over at my website, kevinpresso.com. 
It's the French Canadian spelling of the last name, so it's a little complicated. It's in the description. R-U-L-T. Exactement. <laughs> and, um, and so you can connect with us there, find us on social media, and we would love to see how God would love to minister to you as a Christian leader uh, wherever you are called to serve, whether that's in full-time uh, paid ministry, whether that's in volunteer ministry, whether what, wherever God has you to lead, we really hope that uh, God will use these tools to bless you and to see your life transformed so that more and more people will be transformed. Amen to that. Amen to that. So we will talk to you all in the next episode coming next week. God bless you. God bless. You've been listening to the Revitalized Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you found this content helpful, please consider subscribing sharing on social media, and leaving a review. This helps us to help even more people. Join us next time for more insights on emotional, spiritual, and physical wellness in your leadership.